Sixers and Flyers. WENJ, WENJ HD, Millville, Atlantic City. 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Hour two of the Sports Bash starts with Jason Fitz. You need to match just one number, one to 15, to win cash pop from the New Jersey Lottery. The more numbers you play, the better odds of winning. Pop in and play because anything can happen in Jersey. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show. He's Hunter Brody at Broads81. Follow us on Twitter. Jason Fitz is host of Spain and Fitz. Weeknights at 7 on 97.3 ESPN. And, of course, never a dull moment around these parts, Jay Fitz. Is, uh, well, the Eagles fired their coach on Monday, and Ben Simmons appears to be uh, almost traded for James Harden. I don't know where you'd like to start, but uh, I guess we'll start with the fresh news, which is this uh, gaining steam story of Ben Simmons and James Harden could be f- switching places by the end of the day here. If I am an NBA fan and I'm looking at this trade from both sides, I feel a lot better about whoever gets Ben Simmons than I do about whoever gets James Harden. And that's just being real because realistically, guys, we know who Ben Simmons has been for Philly. But we have no idea what a different sort of city situation. We don't know. Like, if you change everything around Simmons, what will that do to the man to the player? Like, there's, there's at least that variable in the discussion. There is no variables left. There are no variables left on the discussion of who James Harden is. We, we, at this point, we know exactly who he is. And we've seen a franchise go all in on everything, the offense, the coach, everything that you could possibly want, and put themselves at the cusp of the availability to at least get a championship. I mean, it's not like it was an epic fail in Houston. They weren't a bad team, but they didn't get it done. So it depends on what you want, because in my mind, we have seen the best that we will ever see in James Harden. We've seen a structure, a team, teammates around him that will allow him to succeed, all built around Harden. And it's good enough to get you really close to a title. So if you're good with that, that's your best-case scenario. So I don't love the best-case scenario for Philly getting hard, and I don't care what else is around him because we've seen so much. I at least can make an argument that you put Simmons in a new environment with different teammates, maybe something changes for him, uh, and in his level of effectiveness takes a big jump. But there's no jump left for Harden. He is who he is. Well, you can make the argument just playing devil's advocate, that he's in a new environment with different guys here. He has Joel Embiid, yes, but he's got a new coach. They got Seth Curry. And by the way, I think a lot of this, like, yeah, he's not shooting. He's not doing that. But he's still played pretty well when he's had the spacing and the shooters around him. It just, you know, last night you see a game where uh, they don't have the spacing and the shooting, and and he's a liability. Yeah, You're a thousand percent right, by the way. Like, I think that was one of the keys of what we should be keeping an eye out for with Philly this year is like they were making change. And sometimes, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm risk averse sometimes. So change for the sake of change, I don't always love. But it's far easier, as we talked about before, to find a new coach than it is to find a new superstar player. So you're absolutely right that there's been some element of change around him. And uh, he does need certain things. Every, not every, but 99% of the guys in the NBA to be at their best need some things tailored around them. And in today's world, in a pandemic where everything is so limited and the way that they can practice is limited and how the team functions is limited, I think we're going to see a more up-and-down NBA season than we've ever seen, a more undisciplined on-the-court season than we've ever seen before. So, you know, I can't take last night and then suddenly apply that to everything around Ben Simmons. You're right. I, there's, there's at least room to grow. If you, if you want to come in 
and saying, saying everything's coming up roses around Ben Simmons. You can at least find a reason to do that. If I'm Houston right now, what I'm trying to do is get rid of somebody that's being so vocal at this point, get as much in return for him, and most importantly, remain relevant. Simmons will continue to make Houston relevant. So I'll at least give, I'll give them credit for that side of it. If I'm Philly, what am I getting out of Harden? I, I know that Brooklyn has been disappointing. So I realize that for a lot of people, that makes your eyes big and you say, wait, maybe they're not going to dominate the East. The East is more open than we thought. And maybe Harden is the piece that gets there. But do you really feel like Harden is suddenly the piece that's going to make Philly better than the Lakers? Because that's, that's what you're really chasing if you're chasing Harden. I know it's all about the stars when it comes to these trades, but some of the rumored pieces involved with possibly moving Ben Simmons to Houston is Matisse Thibel, Tyrese Maxey. I think a lot of us can agree that, okay, Matisse Thibel, that's not a big deal, but Tyrese Maxey's kind of showing us something that, you know, he can, he's only 20 years old. I mean, he's doing some really impressive things. Should that be something that should concern Sixers fans if you were to move on with him? Or is it, look, you, you can find plenty of those pieces. It's about gaining that star. No, you can't find plenty of those pieces. You're absolutely right. And in today's world, development of young players is more important than ever, and it's more key to how you're actually able to win a championship than ever. I realize I just used the Lakers as an example, and you know maybe that's the worst case because it's just two superstars, and I think the three of us can fill out the rest of the lineup, and they still have a shot at the NBA Finals, and you don't want to watch me try and play. So I get it. you know. But uh, for most teams, when you've got somebody that is young, and you're trying to figure out how to develop around him. Like, you can find that mid-level piece. The mid-level piece is more important than we give it credit for. So I was a little surprised to see so many of the rumors that include giving up so much in, in addition to Simmons uh, for Harden. Because, again, like, if, I'm, if I'm Philly, what, what am I trying to accomplish here? Because bringing in Harden is awesome. It's, it's great, fine. But it's got to make you superstar potential. So if you do anything that, that, uh, that sacrifices your depth, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, uh, by the way, reports out there from Woj that the Rockets have basically, uh, they're going to hold him out until they try to get a trade here. So it looks like James Harden has played his last game for the Rockets, which means this thing's really amping up, which leads me into my next question. Bradley Beal looks like he could also be moved. It might be a slower process. So if you're Daryl Morey, do you take the chance to wait out that and say, I'll pass on Harden, but you might not end up getting Beal. Do you just take Harden if he's available to you, or do you say, you know what, I'm okay if I don't get James Harden with what I got, but I'll go for Beal if he's available? Yeah, a thousand, a thousand times out of a thousand for me. I mean, because, again, what are you giving up? You're going to give up a lot less to get Bradley Beal, uh, and, you know, I, at some point I'll go back to what I said with Harden earlier because we've seen where Harden is. We've also seen, and I love these reports, and we've seen everybody's seen it, that, you know, wherever he goes, the team trusts that uh, the new contract will, won't be an issue and everybody's going to be hunky-dory. Why? Why do you – I mean, if Harden goes to Philly, uh, what indication do we have that Harden's going to want to stay in Philly long-term? What indication do you really have that in a year he won't turn around and do the same thing to Philly that he's doing right now to Houston? So, you know, I, there, there's just nothing I trust about Harden that puts me over the edge to make me a championship team. At least with Bradley Beal, you're getting somebody that you can have some level of, okay – we know he's going to – if we come here, we've got a shot that we can create a bond and, and, and a loyalty with a player that can let us continue to build something because I don't trust that with Harden at all. So, yeah, if I have the choice between Harden and Beal for Philly, I'd take Beal all day. 
earlier in this season, when the season just began and Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers both got here, you know, they were pretty vocal about, we want to see what this team is like under Doc Rivers. Would you anticipate that, you know, hey, maybe Doc Rivers is in there going, I want to have the ability to coach these guys without the COVID issues, or do you think he's more open to it than, uh, than some may think? I think what Rivers was saying, what they were both saying when they said we want to see this team, is we want to see these guys under a different microscope and make our own opinions on them, which, by the way, is what every new coaching regime should always do. I mean, uh, the, the fact that you can, you can think one thing about a player from your limited interactions from conversations about him, but once you're in the building with them, you see him every day. If, if they're willing to move on from Ben Simmons, that as much as anything says that to me, Doc has seen who Ben Simmons is day in and day out and doesn't believe that he has an extra gear, doesn't believe that he's somebody that he can maintain focus with, motivation with, and continue that level of play. So I think that's a little concerning to who, do, who Ben Simmons is behind the scenes. I, we, we look at trade so often, and it doesn't matter. This isn't just an NBA issue. It's also an NFL issue. We look at trade so often as just about what's happening on the court or on the field. I think that uh, more often than not, it has as much to do with what happens behind the scenes as anything. So uh, it's a statement to me by Doc if they give up on Ben. Uh, Jason Fitz is our guest. Uh, Spain and Fitz is the show, 7 o'clock on 97.3 ESPN. This is Philly. We like drama, so we fire the coach after he's won a Super Bowl three years ago. Fair. Uh, the game was on Nickelodeon, so we got to say it. Fair or unfair? It's like kids' court. Unfair. Remember that show? I think oh, we did God, this before. Yeah. <laughs> the, the unfair show. I, I was not stunned uh, by the move. I was a little surprised by the timing of it. And uh, this is what, you know, when, when everything went down and they put in Jalen Hurts, I said at the time, uh, part of what you got there was the coaching staff telling the entire locker room, hey, this isn't a coaching issue, it's a player issue, and he's got to play better. I also think that that sort of deflects some of the responsibility that Doug Peterson had on trying to get Carson Wentz in a better groove. And then you look at what happened in the last game of the season. And, you know, for all of the, the conversation we had, what to me was surprising about the fact, look, I have no problem, let me say loudly, every organization does what's best for their organization. So if Philly wants to pull Jalen Hurts and they want to lose the game, fine. I, that's okay. But to me, the two most surprising things about it was it said that there was a level of cockiness or confidence, I should say, in Doug Peterson that he's coming back because why else do you just accept a loss? But then the other part of it is you're playing against a decent team on the other side that has a great defensive line that's well coached on the defensive side of the ball, that's a division rival, and you have an opportunity to see what Jalen Hurts is, is capable of at the NFL level doing it. I thought it was a missed opportunity and sort of a, a statement right there. So now You've got a coach that has has to go into his locker room and say, hey, guys, give me your all every single day. And when it's best for the organization, we'll give our all back. I, I just think that's a tough win in the locker room with guys afterwards that seemed really shocked by the decision. So uh, the inability to communicate it clearly, that falls at the coach's feet. So, you know, I'm looking at all of this and saying the one thing, and this is my hot take, my hot Eagles take that nobody else wants to hear. My, the one thing I'd say is now you've got a new regime that's going to come in and the sixth overall pick. I do believe that Justin Fields will be one of several quarterbacks available at the sixth overall pick. So if I'm Jalen Hurts, I am more nervous than ever that a new regime comes in, looks around, and decides it's not Wentz, it's not Hurts. It's somebody else completely. You get yourself a new quarterback, and you start this process entirely all over again. So it's not personally what I would do, but I wouldn't be surprised. We see it all the time. New regime, new quarterback. I'm not comfortable in that Philly room until I see the draft come through that there's not going to be another guy brought in. 
Does winning a Super Bowl hold power anymore? Gil and I were going back and forth yesterday. You know, if you get to the highest point and it still gets you fired, what message does that send when it comes to actually achieving that goal? But I kind of countered with just because you win a Super Bowl doesn't mean you'll always be a Super Bowl winning type of head coach like McCarthy. And I hate to say your guy, but maybe John Gruden as well. If the Eagles front office sees, hey, this isn't trending in the right direction, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to stick with them because of the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I'll go back to my music experience on this. And one thing that always, every time I got offered a new gig, if I was out on the road with a band and another band called or another artist called, every single time I would sit down with my wife and I would say, what's the next five years look like for this artist that I'm about to, I'm being asked to join? So, you know, for example, when I was asked to join the band Perry uh, in country music, I was playing for another guy in country that had just had a number one song. And there were a lot of people that thought I was crazy leaving him to go join the band Perry when the band Perry had not had a number one song yet. Everybody looks at it and says, yeah, but this guy, the guy you're playing for just had a number one. And the whole thing to me was, what's it going to be for the next five years? That's the standard the coaches need to be held to. And you use Gruden. And I think that's a great example. At some point you got to look at it and say, I don't care where we've been. It's great that you've shown me you can win a Super Bowl. Cool. Awesome. But that's one game. You got to look at it and say, what sets your franchise up for the next five years? And if you look at the building, no matter what somebody's accomplished, if you look in the building and you say, man, I don't know that this guy can get us back there, then does it really matter? Yeah, I, I, obviously winning a Super Bowl for a city that loves it so much, that needed that moment, and it means so much to everybody historically is awesome. And there will come a time where Philly can go back and re-embrace Doug Peterson for everything that was accomplished in that moment. But if Peterson can't get him back to the Super Bowl, who the hell cares what he did a couple of years ago? I'm all in on being aggressive about the next five and not the five before. Uh, he's Jason Fitz. You can hear him on Spain and Fitz on 97.3 ESPN. Uh, they air weeknights at 9 o'clock. And, of course, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. We're keeping our eye on Ben Simmons. Could he have played his last game in Philly? We know James Harden looks like he's played his last game in Houston. So keep it locked right here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app streaming live on Facebook.com, as always. Jay, appreciate it, man. Uh, you guys are the best. Thanks for giving us so much to talk about because it's going to be an all-Philly night on Spain and Fitz tonight. <laughs> Looking forward to that. And, of course, uh, you can check out the Flyers at 5.30 tonight. Kevin Durso will be here to preview that at 5 o'clock. They play the Penguins. Yeah, baby. Also, coming up on the other side, how realistic is it that Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey could be a part of this deal? We'll ask our Sixers insider Paul Hudrick coming up. DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds, Gil. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 in any football game this weekend, and if your team wins, you cash $100. Do not forget about the 2021 basketball season with the daily odds boost. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When we come back... We go inside the Sixers with Paul Hudrick next. We never stop talking Eagles and NFL. Three twenty. We go inside the Sixers. Brought to you by Matt Blatt Kia. They want to get you approved today. Matt Blatt, Kia, 6211 Black Horse Bike Egg Arbor Township. Paul Hudrick covers the Sixers for 97.3 ESPN.com. 
Well, that game last night was uh, interesting, but ah, that's over with. Let's see the real news. That ah, was kind of a fun game last night, back and forth. I think Paul Hudrick wrote them off at one point, and that was getting ripped for it. Uh, he went for a premature tweet. Yeah, a couple people went with bad loss, tough game to lose. Now, what I did was I had it saved in my draft, what I was going to say when they lost. But they didn't lose, so I was the smart one that, you know, I, I had to take a step back and just save it in the tweet draft. Let's bring Paul in and get his take on what's going on with the Sixers. And Paul, uh, you know, they win that game last night, and obviously it didn't look good there, but they might have a new look by the time they play the Miami Heat on Thursday night. How realistic is it in your mind that we have seen Ben Simmons wear a Sixers uniform for the last time? It seems pretty realistic. Uh, if you're following along with all the tweets at home, I'm, I'm sure not everyone is, but um, this is my job, so I do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, with all the reports of uh, Adrian Rojanowski and LaShane Sharania, uh, Mark Stein, all the big all the big guns are out right now tweeting about this deal that looks like it's got some serious, serious momentum uh, with, with the Sixers acquiring James Harden and Ben Simmons going to the Rockets. A lot of different rumors about what the parts could be and, and who could be going where. Uh, we've seen Tyrese Maxey's name thrown out. We've seen Matisse Stiebel's name thrown out. Uh, we've seen another iteration where P.J. Tucker could be coming to Philadelphia along with James Harden. Uh, but it seems like, given James Harden, if people that didn't see it last night, James Harden gave a pretty uh, damning presser last night where he basically said that he gave everything he had to the city and that the team he is on right now is not good enough. Uh, so that clearly did not sit well with the Rockets' locker room. They told him not to come to practice today, according to a report. So it, it seems like Houston is now very, very motivated to get this thing done. Uh, how motivated is Daryl Morey to make sure this is done within the next 24 hours? I don't know. But clearly the Rockets are, are trying to amp the pressure up, and they're, they're trying to make a move. They're trying to get James Harden out of town. Yeah, there's some reports that Harden has played his last game. In other words, that the Rockets are choosing to not play him now uh, while they try to make a trade. So it looks imminent that he's going to move. My question for you is, Paul, how much did last night help the Sixers maybe push them towards, you know what, Ben Simmons, just his offense just hasn't gotten to where we need it to be. We've tried it. We liked what we saw, but it's just not what we need. How much did maybe watching that last night, because that was frustrating to watch, maybe push them right back into this hardened road that maybe they weren't down initially? Yeah, I mean, I think they've always been in on Harden, meaning I think that they've been in contact with the Rockets. I think that they have. That it's been known that Daryl Morey has interest, and of course he does. I mean, what, like you don't have to cross a, a lot of, uh, you know, connect a lot of dots to, to connect Daryl Morey to James Harden and wanting him to get here. That was basically the rumor as soon as Morey got the job here was that he was going to go get Harden. So it, it just you don't have to go too far to connect that. But I, I'm not I, I'm, I'm not going to say that it was one game. I, I like it, I hear what you're saying. Like maybe this is to me this is more of a culmination of a lot of things. I think it's a culmination of he, throughout these games that Ben Simmons looks, I, I hate to say it, but offensively he looks very similar. He doesn't look any different than he did last year. Um, I still think he's got room for potential and room for growth. But when you see Joel Embiid and what he did last night and how ridiculous that performance was, how good he was in the third quarter, I can't even say good because that just is totally underselling it. He was ridiculous in the third quarter and in overtime. He 
completely willed that team to a win. He, like, they had no business winning that game. They only won it because he was so unbelievable. So I think part of it, too, could be, you know, you see Joel Embiid do that kind of – have that kind of game and have that kind of performance and just put the team on his back. And, like, you also hear him talk post game and how, how many times he says the word championship – and just his demeanor and where he is and just like almost like the look in his eye, like like quite frankly, like he he wants it right now and he might not be in a better position than right now to get it. I, I mean he's still only twenty six years old, but he's a big man, he's had an injury history, he's not getting any younger. So yeah, to, to an extent I think it's a culmination of maybe we just need to strike while the iron is hot because Joel Embiid is is the greatest version of himself right now, and that is scary. You add a James Harden to that mix and who knows what the potential is there. You say the look in his eye. I said his facial expressions last night, specifically that third quarter. I mean, it was all business. But uh, I think we can all agree that Matisse Thibel wouldn't be the difference in wanting to pull the trigger. But is Tyrese Maxey? No. So for me, I, I was going to say, I hate to say it, cause, and you guys know, I mean, I, I think every single time I've come on, I've just done nothing but gush over Tyrese Maxey. But if that's the difference between you getting James Harden and you not getting James Harden, no, you have to include Tyrus Maxey. He's 20 years old. He's got a lot of potential. But we're talking about the Sixers potentially becoming a championship contender for, at the very least, the next two years. And if James Harden picks up his third-year player option for three years, you are a legitimate championship contender. I mean, just think about that. Uh, I mean, are you willing to give that potential up to, to maybe Maxie being the guy who, you know what I mean? I mean, it, it's just, to me, the, 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 the certainty of how great Harden is and how great Embiid are right now uh, supersedes that. With that said, uh, I still, uh, I'm struggling. If, you know, if the Sixers and the Nets are the two teams that are in it, right? And I, I've seen, like, the Nets offers basically all of their first-round picks and, and a bunch of pick swaps. Is that better than any package you could possibly get for the Sixers that include Ben Simmons? And I don't think it is. To have a tangible asset in Ben Simmons, plus whatever the if it's if it's Ben Simmons and Matisse Five on, let's say a first round pick, to me that is a better package than a bunch of first round picks. You don't know what you're getting. At least with Simmons, you are getting a tangible player that you believe that I believe. Quite frankly, I still think that that you can build a, a team around. I think that you need to put the right pieces around him. Um, but I think you know he's only 24 years old. He's locked up for five years. So to me. Maxi is not a deal breaker, but I don't. I, I'm certainly not trying to give him up. So, um, yeah, not a deal breaker, but I'm uh, I'm reluctant to do it. But I would do it. Um, here's another tough question, then, Paul. Bradley Beal is potentially on the move at some point. It might not be as fast as Harden. Like they look like they want to get rid of Harden by the end of this conversation. Beal might be available, but you might have to wait. If you're Maury and you have a chance to get Harden, do you jump on it, or do you try to maybe battle with more teams and get Beal? See, that's so it's so hard because you first of all you can't go wrong with either of those guys. I mean, you're these are arguably the first and second best scorers in the entire NBA right now. When you're talking about Harden and Beal, so. Either guy makes the Sixers better, and again, I believe, would make them a championship contender. Uh, the tricky thing with Beal would be, to me, if you're going to – again, the, I would think – I don't know this, I don't have any inside knowledge of it, but I would imagine that Ben Simmons 
would be a lot more appealing to the Rockets than to the Wizards, um, just given the, the fit of the roster. Now, that's not to say that Ben Simmons couldn't be a fit when you look at some of their, you know, some of their longer-term pieces with, with the Rui uh, Achimura, uh, Denny Avita. Like, those guys are kind of – like, they're bigger players, but they're perimeter players that can hit outside shots. You know, Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bertans is now there for a few years. So, yeah, theoretically, Ben Simmons could fit. They are also still going to have to pay – Russell Westbrook for a couple more years and a lot of money. So that fit also seems, I mean, to put it mildly, not great. So that would be my fear with the Wizards is that I don't know that they would have as much interest in Ben Simmons as the Rockets would. Um, so to me, I, I mean, it, it, I, I guess if you're, if you're looking at it from the perspective of James Harden is here right now, he could get traded, like you said, by the time while we're talking right now, it could go down. Or do you want to wait it out with Bradley Beal on the thought that the Wizards might trade him, I'm that you got I think you almost have to take the sure thing. So if, if if James Harden is there now and can be had for Ben Simmons, I'm pulling the trigger for James Harden. When watching Ben Simmons last night, you personally, what was going through your mind? Because I've been defending him so much, and look, I value growth and developing, and we can see his skill set, but last night was seriously a breaking point for me, and it's not just because of last game. It was almost like a bunch of different games all packaged up, and then I just roared it all out today. But, like, what went through your mind specifically when watching that? It was tough. Uh, I mean, because I'm with you. I'm a guy who who's defended Ben Simmons a lot, and I still think he has unbelievable potential. I think he, again, this is why the Houston Rockets want him for James Harden, because he is so valuable. Um, but, yeah, just offensively, like I alluded to earlier, just the, the lack of growth, it, it, it's frustrating. It really it's frustrating to watch. I get for Sixers fans why it's frustrating. I get why maybe for the organization it could be frustrating at times. And I still think that if – you know, if this all falls through and, and you don't get James Harden, maybe there's still potential at some point for Ben Simmons to dwell and be the fully realized thing. It, it seems like we're we're you know that that's the time's running out on that. But yeah, when I'm watching it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see him do the same thing. To see him, you know, get to the middle of the floor, you know, get to like the free throw area and pick up his dribble and not have anywhere to go. And or you know, there was the one play where literally they were giving him a free throw shot. Um, at the line, and he was like looking around for someone to pass it to. It's just the the the, the reluctance to face the basket, the reluctance to get downhill and, and score and shoot. Uh, it's 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 frustrating. And the more you watch it, the more it's fair to wonder: Will this will this ever work with Joel Embiid? And if if you have an opportunity again, and I think that adds to the frustration, right? Is the fact that James Harden could be available and. Joel Embiid is playing great, and you and you're seeing Ben Simmons still make the same mistakes. And I, so I think frustration is the word, and in a way, like I almost feel bad for the guy because it, it's it's. I think he has grown. I think he has gotten better in other areas, but just that that area of his game, the, the expansion of his game, and the unwillingness to shoot will ultimately be why I think the Sixers are, are willing to move on. Uh, by the way, the latest from Mark Stein that says the Sixers are trying to muster up other assets to offer Houston in an effort to try to keep Maxi. So, look, it appears that the Sixers are going through the filing cabinet and they are looking for every single thing they can throw that way. Um, and it's imminent that Harden could be here. The question would be, if you don't make the trade to Harden, he goes to the Nets. A Nets team with Harden, Durant, and possibly Kyrie, I mean, do you almost have to make this trade so they don't? 
Yeah, that's a big part of it, too. Uh, you, you want to keep them out of the hands of the other Eastern Conference teams. I mean, what if the Miami Heat start getting a little frisky and Pat Riley says, hey, maybe I can get in this, and the Heat get engaged. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's also a big part of it, is you don't want you know, Joel Embiid going up against these against against James Harden in a playoff scenario. So I, I do think that's certainly um, a pretty big part of it. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's it's so. I feel like all these pieces are lining up where it, it almost has to happen now because yeah. uh, Ben Simmons' name is out there. Yeah, and it, like, as much as it was out there before, and as much as Daryl Morey came out and said, "No, we're not trading him." Now we're at a point. Oh, I wouldn't say we're completely at a point of no return, but it's we're we're on the cusp of that. I think. Um, I'll ask you then, Paul. I mean, you're around. You were there last night. Um, it's kind of hard, I guess, to get a feel because you can't go in the locker room and you can't kind of get behind the scenes. But um, did it feel like something was imminent, or like when you see all this stuff happening today, is it like, huh, this is getting real? No, for me, it was definitely today of it feeling. I mean, I'll say this. Um, last night when I saw Harden's presser, that to me was very alarming and signaled to me, okay, this might, this could be happening very soon because you can't, you can't say stuff like, I mean, he basically said goodbye to the Houston media. I mean, that, that's what it felt like at least. So when that happened, that got my, that got my uh, head turned a little bit, but I would say as far as the team goes, I think there was just so much focus on how great Embiid played and then also just on, you know, the, the promise of some of these young guys that have had to step into the situation. And, we're, you know, there was still a lot of talk about the, the COVID situation and the contact tracing and what's kind of going on, what's kind of going on there with the Sixers. So it's just, it, there's just a lot happening right now. So I don't think anyone, it, it didn't, nothing felt imminent from the Sixers standpoint, to be sure. Nothing felt even, you know, it didn't feel anything like that. It was just, it was mostly, like I said, the Harden thing last night. That felt like a tipping point, perhaps, and then to see all these reports today, yeah, it's it's a little bit. It, I, I I don't want to say shocking, but it, it's a little bit jarring to kind of see this like just become very real, as you put it. Uh, real quick, your gut feeling says, will Ben Simmons be traded? Uh, I have a feeling that James Harden might be a Sixer, and a, it, 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 in order to make that happen, Ben Simmons would have to not be a Sixer. So. <laughs> Well, there you go. He kind of went like took a backwards yeah, way yeah, to get that? there. Yeah, what was that? I'm a little confused. That's like a premature <laughs> well, tweet almost. I uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not. Listen, I learned lessons. I uh, you know, I, I'm not going to commit to anything after after that debacle last night. So. It, it, it's just hard to tweet out what you said there. That's all. It is. <laughs> Paul Hundrick covers the Sixers for 97.3 ESPN.com at Paul Hundrick inside the Sixers. They play tomorrow against the Heat. Will they have James Harden for that game? Will they have Ben Simmons? Well, keep it locked and go to our website, 97.3ESPN.com. All right, Paul, thanks, man. You got it, Mike. All right, uh, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. I'm picturing you trying to figure out a way to word that tweet. He gave gave us nothing. He says, I think James Harden will be a sixer, and that means I don't think Ben Simmons will be. How about that? (laughs) That's what what I got out of it. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't want that tweet. That's That's how I feel. I feel like we saw Ben Simmons play for the last time last night. How about that? That's how I'm feeling. Wow. The news never stops. Doug Peterson, this. Are you kidding me? Give me a week. Give me one week off. Mark Stein is, I mean, every five seconds, it's like something new. They're trying to get different. You know, you got any uh, 
beer koozies back there you want to throw into this thing? Like, they're trying to find anything they can to sweeten this pot. Now, what could they do to keep Tyrese Maxey out that would still intrigue them? Like, Shake Milton, I think we could all agree that, hey, if, she, they, if they take Shake, we'll keep Tyrese in a heartbeat over Shake Milton. But what can they pile up to keep Tyrese? Looks like uh, something major could happen, so don't leave. Sports Bash will be all over it. 609-403-0973. Could be Harden in Philly. 609-403-0973. Hit us up on the text board. We got the uh, lines to watch. Jeff Nadu from Barstool Sports going to join us coming up. South Jersey's radio home for Philadelphia Flyers hockey is 97.3 ESPN. Listen as Tim Saunders and Steve Coates call all the action right here on 97.3 ESPN. It's Flyers hockey tonight. All right, uh, we will keep you up to date if something happens. Paul Hudrick from 973ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter. Kevin McCormick from 973ESPN has the rumors up. We'll keep uh, our eye on it. Could James Harden be a sixer by the end of the show? Could be. Could be. What are the betting odds on that? We'd have to check those out. I know a guy who might be able to at least lay the line oh, for yeah, us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jeff Nadu, big man on campus, Barstool Sports. He's the host of Big Man on Basketball. Gave me a winner last night, that big man on basketball. He gives you winners every day nonstop. Took the Nets. Did you tell him about that 11-team parlay? Bryant, I think I did. Bryant screwed you. Yeah, Bryant Bulldog screwed me. Jeff Nadu, what's up, man? How are you guys? Good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Uh, if you were setting the betting line right now on a Ben Simmons trade, what are we getting here? Are we getting uh, we getting even odds? No, I th I think it's a favorite at this point that he will be traded. I, I mean, Mike, I got to ask you. I mean, when did Tyrese Maxey turn into Magic Johnson? I mean, what are we what are we doing here? I mean, this trade's being held up because of Tyrese Maxey, a guy that's played ten games in the NBA. It's like saying I'm not going to trade Jeremy Lin for for James Harden. I mean, Jeremy Lin was really good for like a month or two. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say oh, Maxey won't be a great player, but. Come on with this. I mean, stop holding it up. It's time to get rid of Ben Simmons. I've said it for for months, for years. Um, he's regressed considerably on offense. He's got injury problems. He doesn't shoot the ball. He, he's a complete liability on offense at, at certain points. Move on. Bring Harden in. Put him with Embiid. Get all that all that shooting around him. It, it's a match made in heaven. Make it happen. Make it happen, he says. I'm actually, you know, I would love Bradley Beal. But it's like you got to strike while the iron's hot. If Harden's going to get on the move, you can't hope to get Beal. If you can make this deal, I think you. I think you're at the point where you got to do it. Yeah. Look, I mean, and again, I, I think the only the issue at this point is they don't want to involve Tyrese Maxey. I mean, what am I see? What is going on? Here? <laughs> well, I think this guy. I think ultimately, though, Jeff, if push comes to shove, I don't think they're going to let that get in the way. I think they're just trying to find other avenues. But if that's the only avenue, don't you think they'll take it? I mean, not for nothing, Mike. The last thing I heard, and I've had a source that's been pretty good over the years. He's given me some really good info on multiple sports. He said that the Sixers do not want to give up Maxi, and they're trying to give up Thibel instead and other components. They don't want to give Maxi up. I'm telling you, they're not going to do it because of Maxi. And – 
Tyrese Maxey will be a, you know, a solid player, but he's not going to ever be James Harden. What are we doing here? Why is this happening always? Why can't this team ever do the right thing? It's, it's maddening. They are going to hold this up because of people like your producer who think Tyrese Maxey <laughs> is the next Larry Bird or, 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 I mean, come on, man. What are we doing here? Ten games. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. See, Josh, you gotta you gotta let go. Maxie's been a nice player, but look, I, I, I can't. Maxie can't get and, in the way. Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike. By the way, keep in mind, Tyrese Maxie's done this. Okay, with like six different people out, they played one of the worst schedules in the league so far, and we're we're we're, we're talking hype because Tyrese Maxie's done it on basically a G League team for like certain games. Yeah, no, I'm letting look, look, I like Maxie. I'm not letting him block the uh the trade here. At the end of the day, no. I I think Embiid is playing at a level that he needs somebody out there. Now, I'm not saying that um Maxie's not going to be a good player and that you're just saying, "Hey, he's going to stink." I think he'll turn out to be a nice player, but he's not getting in the way of me making a deal. That's all. That's what I'm saying. Let me get your take then on Peterson. I, I couldn't agree with you more. If you're setting the betting odds for the next head coach, what do we got for the Philadelphia Eagles? Who's the favorite? You know, it's so interesting. It's so interesting at this point, Mike, because there, there's so many. I never know what they're thinking. I, I never want to get into the mind of this organization because, you know, this is the same organization that you know, drafted Danny Watkins and Marcus Smith and, and Jerome McDougal. So I, if, if it were me, the favorite is the enemy, I would imagine. Um, but I have some weird, sneaky suspicion they're going to give Mike Kafka the job, and I, I couldn't be more sickened if that happens as well. Listen, Mike, I think there's three guys you need to consider and you need to bring in. If Lincoln Riley's legitimate, I have some interest there, but I do obviously worry about is this another Chip Kelly situation. But with Jalen Hurts and the connection, I think it's really tough to pass up. I think Biennemi's terrific. I think he could really work. If Wentz is the guy you're, you're, you're working with next going forward, I think he could get the best out of Carson. But at the end of the day, Mike, I'm going to keep saying this and keep saying this and keep saying this. It does not matter what coach you bring in here. It doesn't matter what quarterback you bring in here. Howie Rose is the issue on this team. I don't know how this little weasel keeps getting out of things. We've got to stop sugarcoating it. They've got to stop sugarcoating it. The problem on this team is Howie Roseman. I don't know what he has on Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey will not seem to understand that we can't put him in control of another draft. Uh, we, we can't allow him. Look at this current team, Mike. This is Look at the current state of this team. All of it is because of Howie Roseman. We've got, when, they're not going to move on from him. So Never. It doesn't matter who they bring in here. Never. So they're going to be handcuffed. By the way, uh, Jeff Nadeau, Barstool Sports, big man on basketball. The new pod dropped this morning. I do have the betting odds in front of me. Biennemi, 4-1. to one, Kafka, 4-1. to one, Brian Dable, 9-2. to two, Art Smith, 5-1. to one, Lincoln Riley, 11-2. to two, Joe yeah. Brady, 6-1. to one. So uh, Brady's in here. Robert Jesus. Salah is 25-1, to one, by the way. Yeah, I don't think they go a defensive way. That that doesn't seem like something they do. I think Brady's interesting. I mean, he's been re- he's really come on the last couple of years. You know, Matt Rule, he did some good things down there with with Rule. You know, he's a guy that I think is, is worth maybe a look. Um, I, I don't know. It would be it would be Brady, Riley, Bienemy, or Dable. They're going to go offense. All right, uh, let's get a couple games tonight and uh, get your thought process on a couple of these, see if we can't make a couple bucks out there uh, for the people. Arkansas, LSU, 7 o'clock, LSU minus 3 over under 158. A lot of uh, these two teams, uh, a lot of offense. Yeah, these teams both 
both go up and down. They have no problem running with each other. Um, there, there's a lot of concerns here, though. When you look at Arkansas, not a team that's really beaten anybody we're talking about just yet. They also, uh, if you look at LSU, they could be without Cam Thomas, their best player. Uh, Shreve O'Neal, Shaq Sun may not play as well. So there's a lot of things that are kind of interceding in and over here. The pace will be there. I just worry that I'm not getting the full complement of players to run those offenses. Arkansas is really good, though. I'm going to challenge them to go on the road and beat a good basketball team. But if anyone can do it, it's must-bust. I would lean with them. I think they're just a better team. I don't know how much Cam Thomas will play. I'd be on Arkansas here. The over I have a little concern with without Cam Thomas. Um, I know you uh, like that Furman Citadel game that's going on right now. There's a lot of points supposed to be scored in that one. Get a little live yeah, bet, yeah, a little live like bet action out there for the people, right? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with the first half. I have the over, um, you know, pretty high scoring first half. But look again, you you can't let first half be you know kind of your 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 barometer. You know, sometimes things weird happen in second half. But both these teams want to run with each other. They have no problem kind of. You don't want to, you know, when you have an over, Mike, you don't want one team that goes really slow and one team that goes really fast because it's going to kind of intercede. You have to kind of want, you want both of them to go. You want dude, them both to be efficient. Dude, that Duke Virginia Tech game was the exact example last week. Yeah. That that game was, what, 80 something at the first half? What they score, like 55 and something like that in the second half? Yeah, I was on the over last night. I had 80 in the first half. I needed 62 points for it to go over. Oh, they scored 61 in the second sick, half. Just, I, you know, it, that's the issue sometimes, Mike. But again, it's all about pace. I'll continue to say this: when you bet overs, most teams, if they get a lot of shots up and go fast, they're going to have a shot at an over. If you bet two teams that run pretty slow and they're kind of efficient, you need pace. You need amount. Of, you need shot frequency. That's what's important with overs. You've got to be looking at pace. Sometimes just because you're good offensively doesn't mean anything. If you take 25 seconds off the shot clock and then score, you know before you know it, you're, you're running out of time. So you need pace. Those are impo- that's important. All right, uh, Jeff Nadu, big man on campus, Barstool Sports, big man on basketballs, the podcast uh, tonight after the Flyers game on 97.3 ESPN. We've got Texas, Texas Tech. This is a little slower pace here. Uh, I'm a big fan of this game. Yeah, get your thoughts. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. I, I really, I'm really looking forward to this one myself. Uh, you know, when you look at Texas, really done nothing wrong this year. I made the case on my pod earlier today. I don't see a lot of flaws with Texas. I, I'm trying to find some. I don't know if there are any. I think the only flaw would be that lunatic on the sidelines at certain points. Shaka Smart, but Shaka's pushed all the right buttons this year. This is a game that concerns me, though, if you're Texas. Uh, the whole world knows that Texas is good right now. Texas Tech, Chris Beard, they always find a way to win this kind of game every year. They're a team that they can match up defensively with what Texas is going to do. Mike, these two teams, I don't see a lot of points. You look at Texas Tech, they pack everything in, don't let you get into the lane. When you look at Texas, they're long. You know, They're not going to really run. They're just going to make you score in a half court. I don't know how both these teams score. To me, it's probably first a 65 win. Um, I lean Texas Tech, though. I think, they, I think they pull off the upset here. and Maybe we push the brakes back on Texas just a little bit, but it won't matter much. They're very good. This is a tough game. Two really good programs. All right. Uh, you've been hot on the NBA. You got an NBA play for the people tonight. Yeah, I do. I, I, um, I've been doing well with the NBA. I look at 
Milwaukee tonight, very good defensive team. You know, do run a little bit. You know, obviously very good offensively. And I don't mind if they're good offensively tonight. I don't think Detroit will be good offensively, though, tonight. You have a total uh, pushing, you know, 227. I think I got 226.5. Sharp money came in on the under. I agree with it. I just don't know that we'll have the pace here. Detroit, one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA, really struggling to score on a consistent basis. You look at also the betting public always looks at when they see a game where the teams played early in the season, they're always going to look at that game. First game, 125-115. Most people are just going to say, well, it's a high-scoring game there, so it'll be a high-scoring game here. Um, You know, at the end of the day, this is a – this is a Detroit team that's struggling to score points. This seems like a, a 119, you know, 103 type of game. I'm going to lean with the under in this one, Mike. All right. Uh, follow Big Man on BB. Jeff's in Twitter jail for a while, so you got to follow him on uh, Big Man on BB to get his place. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, Until about yeah. midnight, I'm in. I'm in jail. Yes. Well, you've joined some good company. Congratulations to you. Uh, and check out the podcast, Big Man <laughs> on Basketball. Uh, it drops Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 9 a.m. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Great one today. Um, Maddie from Three Man Weave was really good on there, so go check that out and uh, get a lot of college basketball and uh, the NBA. Of course, he likes the under Bucks Pistons tonight. Jeff Nadu will be back on Saturday during the best of the sports best. All right, Jeff, take care, pal. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Jeff Nadu, Barstool Sports, big man on campus. He likes Bucks Pistons under two twenty six and a half. He's hit twelve. Of 17 in the NBA. Hit the Nets last night. You know, the Nets were down big at half. And I said, oh, man, I parlayed it with, uh, I took Nets, given one and a half, parlayed it with Lakers on the money line. So it gave me, like, plus 183. A little double disco. Yeah, how about that? Did you like that shot by LeBron James where he turned around? I don't watch any of LeBron last night. I know you don't. I was watching Sixers. Me too. I mean, it's all over. that was a later game. It's all over the Twitter sphere. Oh, yeah. You know, I try to, like, decompress after, like, 10. I understand. Although last night you and I were doing a little testing. Yeah, we were. That's it was right. late. It was were late. Were you surprised to see that test? I saw you. You were, like, laying on your stomach. I saw your feet kind of fluttering behind you as you were that's on your my, laptop. That's my uniform right there. That's your spot? Oh, yeah. That's what you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. We should do it again sometime. Well, it's a good way to get ready for the show. I agree with that. All right. Speaking of getting ready for the show, I was putting together all these eagle situations, and then this James Harden thing came. But we're going to get back into the Eagles. There's a coach driving here. Well, not here. He's going to Florida to go interview. we got the latest on that. Plus, who's the front runner? And is Lincoln Riley really interested in this job? Jeff Mosher, Inside the Birds, Football at Four. It's all coming up next, live on Facebook.com, 973 ESPN-FM.